We're back, your favorite podcast of the week. It's Location Weekly. It's episode number 593. And if you're watching the video, you can see that uh, Arianna is uh, still off this week uh, and Karsten is still with us, which is great. Uh, welcome, Karsten. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. And yeah, I love the time here in Toronto. I had been at a Raptors game yesterday, so I'm super excited. And we won. So yes, great. yes, a, a successful Raptors game. So this is good. Um, yeah, and we got to spend some time together uh, last week at the first uh, in-person uh, retail local conference uh, since uh, COVID. Um, so that was great. And um, yeah, it was, it was just nice to kind of be out in person. We had a lot of great speakers and a lot of good feedback from people who were there about how much they had missed it. Any kind of thoughts, impressions from you? On that? Yeah, this is this a hundred percent match. So people are love to be back. Um, the community is coming back. We want to have conferences. We need the exchange in person. Uh, news is one thing. We can cover this with our podcast or other service we're providing by the LBMA. But at the end of the day, it's about uh, the people and about sharing uh, ideas and uh, also thoughts about new developments. And so a conference is a great place to do this. And it was a lot of fun, a lot of content, great speakers, a lot of brands there so i love that really 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 great job from our team here in north america yeah and i just uh, wanted to thank uh, again before we jump into the show for this week uh you know our sponsors that covered you know some of the costs uh for the event uh you know the meals and the venues and all that kind of stuff so thanks to uh, uh to radar first of all uh to dev hub uh glimpse vert um and of course, the Atlanta Tech Village uh, people themselves, uh, where the where the event was held. So, uh, thanks to all of you. We really appreciate that. And um, I know for me personally, uh, it was great to be there and to kind of see a, a bit of a resurgence uh, in at least the community showing interest. But also from a, my startup, from ground level uh, point of view, um, to be able to kind of be there and talk about what we're doing and getting some interest from that as well in terms of you know people wanting to uh, explore the kind of data we have. So very good, all around, can't complain. So uh, so we have four stories for you this week, kind of back to the normal format. Uh, and I should also say, Aubriana will be back next week. Um, so uh, we're really thankful that Carson's been able to fill in, but uh, I know she's uh, she's missing uh, being here as well and, and missed being in Atlanta with us. So, all right, so I'll let Carson, you, you start us off with our first story uh, for yeah. this week. Yeah, our friends from Walmart again. So I don't know how often we talked about this company. So obviously it's the biggest retailer in the world. So they are doing great things. And right now they're facing, uh, they're trying to solve a problem. Every online retailer and every e-commerce shop has. And this is about returns and driving sales in their online store. And especially if we talk about fashion. If we talk about fashion, uh, then it's always the pain point. Uh, does this fit or does that not fit? Does it match to how I look? Um, and I have a couple of kilos more after COVID than I had before. So the regular size I was used to to buy is not not longer fitting. So uh, everybody has same same problems and um, pain points in this. And uh, those guys from from Walmart try to solve the problem by using um, uh, the picture of yourself. So you can upload now your picture, a uh, 2D picture in the Walmart app uh, from yourself, and then having a kind of 
uh, virtual version of you and they call it be your own model yeah and so be your own model means uh, it's not just the fake super duper models by uh, superstars and it's just real persons and this is you and you can try and uh, fit um uh, how it looks like if you want to wear the shirt the trouser uh, maybe uh, the dress and things like that and so what what they do they they combine this uh, at the end of the day, it's augmented reality. So uh, they have not just the picture and the layer on it. So no, they they're capturing uh, thousands of data points around the picture and building out of that a kind of uh, 3D model uh, based on a 2D uh, picture. And we talked about this earlier this day about these uh, surrounding cameras on cars. So artificial intelligence helps a lot to to, to drive those kind of things. And so um, you can now try on. Uh, over 270,000 different uh, articles through their online store. And this is amazing. We're not talking about, though, this is a collection of a couple of hundred of shirts or trousers. So we're talking about 270,000 different articles. So that's great. And um, yeah, two pain points. One of them, obviously, you don't know how it fits. And if you go into a store, it's also a pain point for me and I think for a lot of other people to go to the uh, fitting room and just uh, put your trousers off, put the new trousers on, oh, that's the wrong side, this and that. And so if this helps me to just decide even in store, which <laughs> size I should pick, that helps uh, tremendously. So it's not only just an an online tool uh, for e-commerce, it also can help in store to find the right size. And on the other side, uh, on the other side, if you uh, having this kind of services, you reduce tremendously the returns. So and the returns is on your margin, one of the biggest points you have uh, in e-commerce. And if you're reducing this, this percentage just by a bit, you're earning money directly out of it. So this is what the guys on Walmart doing with be your own model. Yeah, I, I like this. I think um, for me, for me uh, kind of one of the key points here is that um, <clears throat> you can use this in the store as well that you, you were alluding to. So. You know, it, it, it's driven through the Walmart um, uh, app, the, the iOS app. Uh, and so, you know, you, you sort of uh, are prompted to take a picture of yourself and then basically you're browsing the items and then, you know, you can, you can kind of even try on, you know, in a, in a real fitting room, uh, but you're, you know, through the sort of calculations that it's doing with the AI and the images that you upload uh, in the app, you can virtually try on and then kind of, you know, do that experience, you know, purely e-commerce or a hybrid between e-commerce and physical retail. Um, so, you know, I, I like that aspect of it. The other thing that I think is interesting is, you know, you mentioned that the technology behind this is really a, a type of AR. Um, and so where my mind was going while you were talking was kind of thinking about some announcements from a few weeks ago that Walmart's, Walmart had talked about going into the virtual reality space and, you know, creating virtual stores and, you know, playgrounds for kids and things like this. And, you know, if I'm already in, in this case of be your own model, uh, uploading a photo and creating, you know, sort of a, a, a virtual version of myself, how far is that then to, you know, extend into taking that avatar essentially and moving that into, you know, my, my Walmart VR experience? Uh, you know, as well. So I, I think there's there's some interesting synergy or hybrid opportunities to kind of if they if they build up a successful user base here, and you've already created profiles and images and essentially an avatar in in the app here, you could potentially port that over to you know the the Walmart virtual reality space as well. So it could be interesting. 
And also it's about the, the device you're using. So connecting a real world picture into a digital um, world environment. And w we had a lot of conversation last week about the M word. So metaverse again, yes. uh, uh, but this is, this is uh, I think one of the ways we, we, we will say uh, in the future, just connecting on and offline worlds. And it's not about the virtual world we're talking about, it's about how we connect those both things. And yeah, it's a great job they're doing. Um, yeah. I don't know if they're doing it in their own lab or if there are some of uh, vendors involved. I don't know if you know this. I didn't find out. Yeah, I, it seems to be an internal project from what I can tell, but I can't confirm that. So anyhow. Maybe we ask them later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, on to our, um, our second story for this week. So we're going over to India now, uh, where there's a jewelry uh, brand, a, a domestic jewelry brand called Tanishq, uh, T-A-N-I-S-H-Q. And um, they've partnered with <clears throat> an Indian uh, media company called Inventech. Um, and what they're essentially doing is kind of getting ready to roll out an experiential holiday you know, season marketing campaign, which they say is the first of its kind that includes three, 3D uh, digital out of home, 3D social media, content uh, and then a whole lot of sort of VR and AR and and holographic uh, videos and all sorts of things all, all sort of rolled together. So this is taking place at a place called the Palladium Mall, which is in Villacheri in Chennai. Um, and using 3D technology, shoppers can virtually try on uh, Choza jewelry, uh, the Choza jewelry collection. So Choza, uh, for those who don't know, is a, um, uh, I don't know, I don't think it exists anymore, but uh, a former Indian dynasty was the Choza dynasty um, at one point in time. And so they've created a jewelry collection that's sort of inspired by this time period in Indian history. Um, and um, so it, it's sort of driven through a, a kiosk that is then equipped with 3D holographic videos, AR and VR components, and what they call a digital uh, making of book that shows the process of creating the collection, how they created the different jewelry pieces. And the sort of operation of the kiosk is manipulated through hand gestures and uh, to navigate forward and backward through the book. Uh, there's an AR holographic mirror that lets you do the virtual try-ons uh, of the jewelry pieces as well as then sharing AR images to your social media. So. I, I really like this because, you know, often we talk about you know, retailers and brands that are doing one of these things. So maybe they have a virtual try on, you know, mirror in their in their store. I know a lot of retail brands have done that uh, over the last couple of years or they're, you know, um, showing some some video uh, holographic, you know, pop up video experience. Um, but I like that, you know, they're, they're tying a lot of different technology together into one holistic uh, experience here. It starts with a kiosk. You've got gesture-driven uh, technology. You have holographic mirrors. You can share on social media. It's kind of an all-in-one all tech experience. And I think it's at the end of the day, it's about, you know, the impact the brand can have uh, you know, on the consumers and kind of showing, you know, and taking pride in this, you know, Indian dynastic you know jewelry collection that, that they've created so i think it's kind of interesting it's very it, to me it's different than what i've seen in other retail experiences where they're they're just doing a one or maybe two of components there are four or five different things here all coming together so 
I kind of like it. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So um, last week we announced officially the best retail cases for North America. This is our LBMA initiative. We started in Europe a couple of years ago. So the, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a big database where we collect uh, best retail cases, as the name say. So the best of the best uh, with an award. And when I'm um, just scrolling virtually through this, in my mind, through this over 180 cases, yeah, uh, you're 100% right. It's a it's just one piece uh, and uh, seeing this three, four different technologies within one kiosk and with one use case, it's a, it's a new level on it. So most of the retailers started with one, yeah, maybe virtual fitting room, things like that, and then uh, augmented reality on top, but it's all separate projects. And um, I think the cool thing on, on this one is just co combine this um, different technologies and, and use cases to one. Yeah, and this is unique. Uh, I love this. And also the, the component of sharing because these accessories are made to show yourself. <laughs> and, uh, and you have to share with your friends and with your family what their thoughts about it. And uh, even if it's this historical thing you, you mentioned before, even if it's more interesting because of there's maybe a meaning behind this URI and uh, this kind of uh, accessoires. You don't know, but your friends may know. So if you share it, you get an idea. Um, and you have that very often. You, you don't know the meaning of a symbol or something like that in a correct way. And somebody says, oh, maybe it's different what you thought. So sharing is a big aspect uh, in those kind of uh, retail. Love it. Absolutely. All right. Good, let's go to the next story. Um, out of home media again. And when I say again, the QR code is back. I don't know how often we have this in our shop, but um, it is interesting to see the rise, the fall, and now the rise again of the QR code. The biggest payments uh, all over the world are using QR codes during the last COVID situation. We had a lot of QR codes and tracing and tracking. Everybody's used to use it. And uh, now digital out of home uh, is going into that again. We have to say this because we saw a couple of use cases kind of similar in the past uh, by um, not so successful companies like uh, a company called Outfront. So Outfront have this live kiosk terminals, live digital out of home, digital signage, um, and where they just enable the uh, the people standing in front of, of the digital signage uh, to interact with them. So what they're using, they're using a QR code. And so you can scan it and then you're connecting uh, to the display and you can, um, yeah, influence the content, let's say like though. And mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of creativity. Uh, you can play with that. Um, in this case, they teamed up with a nonprofit organization with it um, just focused on the um, childhood violence situation. So uh, they teamed up with them and building a story out of it. And they can you can influence the story in terms of uh, yeah how it ends. Yeah, by just saying something or just not saying something. So this is a this is a great idea to showcase the product. But at the end of the day, it's a the connection between the online and the digital world. And uh, the display um, is reacting on what you. Uh, yeah, how you interact with that. And I remember a campaign a couple of years ago, stopping smoking or something like that from the Scandix. Uh, you, you mentioned that in a, in a couple of uh, conferences, I see. It's not new, the idea, but now I think it's the right time to use your QR code in a proper way. Everybody has it pre-built in the camera. 
So this is no, there's no explanation. So the, uh, the industry was a hat and we need this, you know, the Gartner hype circle. So we have a hype, then it falls down and then it comes back. So we are with Kiakos, we're coming back as established business and it's an established way to connect the real world with digital products or digital content. So that's what they do. Um, out front, digital out of home with QR codes. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's, um, you know, obviously I think the timing is good for QR codes, as we've talked about. Um, you know, I think COVID um, in every country around the world, QR codes were being used uh, there. So, they, you know, they're very mainstream in the consumer public now, um, you know, for, for a lot of different reasons, be it, you know, on a menu or, uh, you know, symptom screening for COVID symptoms or whatever, people have become very familiar with, with that. So I think seeing media companies sort of uh, lean into that a bit and kind of embrace it, I think is a good thing for them. You know, I think this is kind of an interesting use case where by scanning the QR code, you can, as you said, you can influence, you know, the content on the screen. But specifically, it, it kind of brought me back to like, you know, movies from, you know, a decade ago where, you know, they had different endings to the movies and you could like choose your own adventure kind of thing on how you, you know, how you wanted the movie to end. Um, and it's a bit like that, right? Like you're scanning this QR code and you can have kind of different uh, outcomes uh, on these live uh, digital signage uh, platforms. So I think there's a bit of fun or sort of, you know, in a sense, a gamification uh, of the content on the screens. So I think, I think that's to me rather interesting. I know they're running this Halloween trivia competition uh, in partnership with the New York subway system, um, the MTA there, uh, which wraps up uh, tomorrow on November 2nd. So I, you know, I, I think these are a, a good way to engage audience, right? And, and they're seeing good numbers uh, in response to that. So I, And also you're using your own device. So we yeah. have the touch screens. Nobody's using the touch screens for right. several reasons. Uh, and one of the main reasons is it's just dirty because otherwise they touched it. So if <laughs> you not want to touch it again. So every time when I have the opportunity not to touch the display, I'm not touching the display. And so yeah. I can use my own display to interact with that. So that makes it more convenient. And also what it kept me in mind. So we had this conversation last week about beacon networks. And so uh, beacons is uh, kind of similar to um, to QR codes. Um, beacons are uh, the touch point to the digital world, um, influenced by by a hardware device. And so we all thought these things are dead after we tried it out a couple of years ago. But maybe we can see those things coming back uh, as a QR code coming back because there's no reason to open the camera, scan it, tap on it. So it must be easier, and a beacon can do this. So let's see. Yeah, that's a thousand percent with you on that. I, I think that, you know, there are a lot of uh, existing beacon networks uh, that were deployed by retailers many years ago, you know, somewhat forgotten in some respects now or, you know, too early or didn't have the use cases. But I think just like the QR code, I agree with you. I think there's there, the timing is good. And as we heard from our friends uh, from Unary in, in Japan last week, you know, they're, they're seeing a lot of success with, with uh, Beacon Networks and driving engagement uh, as, if you can tie them together and create enough scale. So I think there's definitely some, some opportunities there, um, you know, um, to, to see a rebirth of, of, of Beacons as well. Yeah. Okay, final story. Uh, so kind of sticking uh, with QR code somewhat, um, there's a company called Flowcode, 
which is a uh, announced a real-time geolocation analytics um, platform for TV uh, measurement. And I'm talking mainstream TV here, uh, as well as uh, OTP. Um, so uh, this is kind of interesting. So they've they've got this thing called the Flowcode TV platform. So it offers real-time analytics, geolocation data, and attribution across multiple uh, screens. Uh, they say it's the first of its kind. It's patent, uh, patented uh, as well. And essentially, they embed um, content uh, with code animations and graphics, uh, including QR codes, um, you know, in TV broadcast. Uh, and then basically, you know, people can scan these QR codes uh, and then engage with you know, with, with the content that's driven behind that, you know, from the, from the television broadcast. Um, so I think this is interesting. They, uh, they say that, um, and this isn't just a straight QR code. This is uh, their own proprietary version of a QR code, I should point out. It's called a flow code. Uh, they say it's 2.4, 2.5 times more likely to scan a flow code over a regular uh, QR code on TV. Um, they say that, um, they uh, one uh, one group, uh, an appliance company, ran a flow code campaign on CTV across six different providers, and they saw a 15% conversion after just one week, gener generating a, a half a million dollars in ROI. So, um, I think that's re really interesting. And and the one correlation that they made in the story that I read was comparing, you know, sort of the old days of call to action in TV of, you know, a 1-800 number where you see you know, the, the broadcast or the infomercial or whatever it was, and then at the bottom is, you know, if you want this, this deal or you want this thing, call 1-800-whatever, you know, and you can get that. Uh, now, you know, they're suggesting you know, using you know, these flow code type things, and they say it's three times more likely that someone's gonna scan a flow code than call a 1-800 number on their TV. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's really interesting. And the fact that they could pull the, the location data and pull you know, a lot of these other parameters from that, I think uh, is it, fascinating in terms of an analytics opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. And so we, we were talking about second screen uh, a while ago. So yeah. when, you, when you're watching this, this old school television thing, uh, then mostly, most likely you have your phone with, with you in your hand and doing something right. else. And uh, if there is just a call to action that just take the phone out and scan it or just use it. And if it's much more faster than a regular QR code, the flow code I learned now, um, maybe that's um, also one of the the good things just to connect those both devices again, as we saw it um, before. And if it drives sales and uh, attention, so you can measure it. And for sure, um, I don't know how many people, but uh, I see it in my family very often. We're sitting in front of the TV having our phone in the end. So that's yep. what it is. So a good combination uh, playing with both media and try to connect them. Uh, I don't know if you need a, a new code for that, but uh, do we need a new uh, reader, or is that just based on a regular QR code reader? I, I think I think it's based on the regular uh, stuff, but they're the the way that they create the content uh, behind it and the how they embed it and, and visualize it on the screen is different than a standard QR code. Well, you have um, there are a couple of challenges. I think if you show a QR code on a display, um, yeah. they have diff different sizes in TV, different. Uh, uh, techno technologies behind that, so regular QR code. Mm, yeah, may it, not it, work it's, it's as tough it to read it sometimes. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's interesting. The other thing, just a quick little side point on this. So, you know, I think anytime you can create, you know, tools like this to you know, drive, you know, call to actions or engagement, especially from something like TV, you know, back to the mobile device. You know, as you say, we have the mobile device while we're there. Um, I, I think that's a good thing. And so, you know, the, the one of the better, best examples I've seen in the past around this is, is something like Shazam. So. Uh, you know, there, there's been a lot of good uh, experiments and case studies over the years where, you know, big brands like, for example, Coca-Cola, I know, has done a lot of this during Olympic uh, broadcasting and, and, and TV commercials during Olympic times, where they embed an audio signal in the TV commercial that then uh, Shazam, the app on your phone, can recognize. And the interesting thing about an app like Shazam, it's, you know, there's 300 million people around the world that have this on their phone normally um, and if you didn't disable it by default when you install Shazam on your phone it's it's always listening in the background kind of like Siri so you actually don't have to do anything with something like that it can it can pick up the signal if it if it recognizes it's, it's Shazam content if you will and, yeah, and then also there are companies and all member base around there they're doing those kind of things like yeah. this audio beacons yeah. Yes, exactly. So, so a number of ways to do it, but I like what Flowcode's doing here uh, with the proprietary. It's all, it's all coming back, and maybe it's not the right time. What is old is new again, Carson. So that's what a, the the old gray man are telling you in this poll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, um, yeah, and uh, I, I know for for a lot of the the viewers, uh, well, the, only the viewers, the listeners can't can't see us, but uh, for for the people watching the video. Uh, yes, I, I, I have the gray coming in here uh, this week. Uh, it is now November the 1st, and uh, it's in North America anyways. I don't know if you have this in Europe. We, we, call, we call this Movember. Uh, it's fundraising for, uh, for um, prostate cancer and these kinds of things. Right. And so there's, a, there's always this campaign where a lot of men here in North America will grow beards and mustaches for the whole month uh, as a fundraising right. thing. Let's do it. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean to me. So, anyhow, uh, thank you everybody for listening and watching this week. You've been uh, tuned into episode number 593 of Location Weekly. Thank you so much for your time. If you have story ideas, reach out to us. If you want to get involved in you know, conferences, uh, if you want to submit your case study, go to bestretailcases.com uh, and you can learn more about that, um, uh, how to do that. Um, we're always here. Find us. Give us some feedback, uh, and we'll see you next week with another show. Thanks, everyone. Thank Bye. you very much for having me. Great day, great week. Mm -hmm.